Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast. I am your host, Nicole Frolic, and I invite you to cozy up with me each week as I explore all aspects of the spiritual journey, spiritual biohacking, and expanding the mind beyond this reality. Remember that the collective awakening can start by planting one seed. So thanks for being such an amazing audience and sharing these shows with your family and friends. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out what we're discovering today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. So good to have you guys back with me. Um, We've got a returning guest. We have uh, Mason Fury back on the show. We've had a little bit of audio issues. Mason, I'm going to need you to unmute your mic. (laughs) No problem. Totally forgot. Yeah. There you are. Hey, everyone in the chat. I hope you're all doing well. Free Press, Derek, Mark, Suterbug. Kathleen and Christina Love. Um, Guys, excited to have Mason back on the show. I know you guys really enjoyed him when he was here back in November. Have you forgotten? I met Mason while I was on my trip in Sedona with all our fun peeps from YouTube. And uh, it's good to have you back, Mason. How are things going in your life? Pretty good. Um, We escaped that uh, snowmageddon we had in the the Midwest. They had like four feet four feet of snow here. And then in Washington, we got like a couple inches. So uh, luckily I escaped that moving out here to uh, the Chicago area. But other than that, has been pretty good, pretty relaxed. Um, uh, I have not been in a big city in four years. I will tell you, it is completely different than being out in nature. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's it like for you energetically? Uh, so the first day I was there, uh, I was really tired. Um, and there's just a lot more like activity mentally wise, cause there's so many people. Um, and I'd, I'd be driving and I'd, I'd be picking up thoughts that I wasn't like ever thinking of. Like I was driving down the road one day and I was passing a cemetery and I had a thought of like, I need to take a stool sample and get my blood drawn. But I don't have any of those things in my life. So I was like, where did this come from? And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a cemetery. So maybe, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. Like the, the amount of people and interactions that you go through day to day uh, versus back home, I don't have as many people here. So it's just, it's definitely um, a lot more, I guess you'd say noise going on in the mental field. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, um, it's, it's great to have you back on the show. And how's 2021 been for you overall? Like, how are you handling everything, all the changes? And uh, how, how are you adapting? So at first, uh, you know, when it was about January and we were worried about who's going to be coming president and all that, uh, I was really into it. I was watching uh, the press secretary. I was watching the Congress meetings. I was watching. I was very involved in that political uh, play, if you want to call it that. And then what I started noticing is that nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Everything was being stagnant. Everything was um, literally for show. And then I started realizing that, you know, I think what's playing on in the news media and in politics is kind of stirring the pot for the people that may already kind of know where it's going. Um, And so myself, I haven't been paying attention to it pretty much since February. I kind of understood it's, just playing its course right now and nothing really is happening. Um, 
but they're still sucking you in for those people. Like my mom, unfortunately, she was like one of those, like Trump's got the plan, you know? And uh, she's like, March 4th, that's going to end it all. Trust the plan. And I was like, oh, no, no, don't, don't, get, don't get sucked into that. And she's like, okay, well, we'll see. You'll, you'll see. <laughs> um, but that just diverts your attention from like what's going on inside, you know? Yeah. They are messing up. It's already falling down. We already know there's so many things, inconsistencies, uh, especially when it comes to like just little formalities of Biden speaking and the military guardsmen not having any badges or any, um, you know, nameplates on their things, the plane being all weird. So it's, it's obvious for people that know. Um, but for me, I'm not, not really trying to pay attention to it. I'm the same as you. I've completely disconnected from it all because it's, it's life force sucking. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Yeah. And I find that it's just kind of a waste of my energy and time right now when I could be creating with a future that I want, which is what we're going to be talking about today. Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that's really important because we can get so distracted from being a participant, a very active participant in the creation of our reality. But also sometimes when we get distracted, we don't realize all of the silent subconscious patterns that are also creating our reality. Mm-hmm. And I find that what's been kind of going on um, that's, that's, you could say through the news and all of that, that could be a major distraction is actually turning on some of those subconscious programs. Do you feel that way? Um, yes. So you've seen that post floating around Instagram where they're playing the news and then they have a different channel and they have like 40 channels by the end of it, but they're all regurgitating the same message. It's, it's reinforcement on our belief systems. You know, the older generation really relied on the news because, uh, back in the 60s, 70s, Vietnam era, the news was televising war. So they assumed the news with telling actual truth because they're literally watching war footage. Like it was, it was pretty traumatic. Um, so when you have these agencies that spend millions of dollars on research, they have psychological development departments, they understand addiction, they understand marketing, um, and, and then the hidden side behind marketing, there are symbols that that already activate your subconscious mind. And it's why the newscast agencies have all those interesting elaborate symbols, um, which date back to, you know, Egyptian time and stuff like that. But when they, when they use um, stress words or activated words like this is uh, destroying our democracy or, or something that has to do with a trigger of someone's belief system, well, then they get reverted back to what they believe and they're believing it because what they're seeing. You know, they, the, the, the philosophy of an unawakened person is seeing is believing, but seeing with your two eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I, I, I completely agree with you. I think on the flip side too, is one of the things that I realized it was doing for me was that it was reinforcing duality way mm-hmm. more than I wanted it to and taking me into the polarized states that I was trying really hard to remain neutral in. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize how much it can take you out of that space uh, until you disengage from it. And that was something I wasn't happy about when I when I finally just t- kind of decided to take a step back and look at it. Um, but yeah, there's so much going on. It's not just the words they use. It's the symbolism. It's it's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you really look into what Republican and Democrat represent, it actually is duality. 
um, they represent masculine and feminine traits. And since the world is kind of uh, amplifying the toxicity within those polarities, um, you'll notice that the, the right wing side is the masculine principles, protection, war, while the feminine side is gender identity. Um, and then also the abortion type topics are really heavy on those. And so when you kind of identify with certain belief systems, uh, the political realm is actually hacking your conscious morals. And people don't understand it that way, but literally how you think creatively and how you think uh, logically can create your understanding of reality. And they understand that. And that's why they polarize the belief systems and have two different parties to have the, your own consciousness be separated. But then when your own consciousness is separated, we collectively are separated within our own belief systems. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely true. And thank you, Spirish, for the super chat. That's really kind of you. Thank you. So let's get into um, let's get into reality creation then and uh, go over some of the things that are hacking our realities and creating the exact opposite of what we're consciously trying to create. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I say the first thing is Instagram. <laughs> yeah. The first thing is Instagram. And here's why. Um, we have all these external uh, mental stimulating uh, things around us, you know, Instagram, what it's designed to do is to keep your attention on something no more than three seconds before you scroll away. So then if you're doing that constantly during the day, well, go ahead and try meditating. I know. You're not going to be able to do it. Uh, so the first step into trying to do that is, is something called uh, social media cleansing. And what that does is that actually resets your hormones because you're, you're, what you're looking at, you're creating uh, mental and emotional impacts, which can subconsciously um, trigger you with, with certain things. It could be food. It could be, um, you know, uh, video games. It could be a number of things, but if you're constantly looking at those things, well, maybe I'm starting to try to eat better, but I'm all constantly looking at donuts, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm trying to not drink as much, but I'm constantly looking at beer and, and parties and all that kind of stuff. So the first step is to cleanse yourself from your old habits that you wish to rewrite. And social media is a, a very good tool to reinforce those uh, subconscious um, addictions that we have. Really, yeah, we, we are. You touched on something really interesting there on like the hormone, um, like it, we needing to reset your hormone balance by dis disengaging with social media. How do you perceive the uh, hormonal response that is received through like the dopamine hits and all of that that you get from social media in how that impacts the rewiring or the hardening of the wiring that's already in place of the subconscious programs. Yeah. So when, when we're viewing content like on social media and say we post a picture of ourselves and for me, for example, maybe I post a picture of me out of the gym doing something. Well, my engagement socially, if people are liking my content, commenting, I'm actually getting the same chemical response as, um, someone giving you a physical compliment, right? But you're getting multiple streams of those. So they're actually raising your level of your normal dopamine perception because you're getting multiple streams. And that's why it's called Instagram. You're getting an instant gram of dopamine hits. <laughs> you really are. Um, and so when you, once you kind of take that in, into perspective there, you go, okay, well, what is my relationship with this platform? Why am I constantly looking at it? And hormonally, what happens to the body is when we feel pleasure, when we feel joy, 
our brain signals from the emotional center, which is the heart, oh, I need to create this chemical to allow this feeling to happen. Well, addictions can happen that way. After you start doing it so often, that little level needs to go to the next, to the next, to the next, to where you're making like an OnlyFans account. You know, it's like <laughs> you have to keep increasing it because the human nature is that what I have is not enough. And so uh, hormonally, and it's kind of interesting, they call it hormones because you're, you're harmonizing your energy centers. And each, each energy center is actually responsible for a different hormone production. Um, and that's a pretty interesting conversation to get into. Um, but mainly what they're doing is they've done a lot of studies with uh, like casinos. Uh, they've done a lot of studies with uh, alcohol addicts and uh, things like that. And so they kind of made social media as a weapon to kind of enslave almost everybody uh, very subtly. But it is definitely with the algorithms uh, a means to put people, um, put their attention onto external things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it can definitely have severe impacts on your uh, melatonin levels, all sorts of little micro things. Ooh, let's talk about the melatonin levels there, because that's important, you know, um, being able to have the deep sleep and um, restore, uh, all of that is really important. Uh, how are they disrupting the melatonin production through um, social media, something like Instagram? Well, the, the first thing is the screens on all of our de- uh, devices. So blue light is an artificial light that your eyes, which are connected to something called your optic nerve, and your optic nerve is connected to the pineal gland. And what the pineal gland does is it actually charges through ultraviolet light. So that's why I say sun gazing in the morning, uh, 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after at sunset uh, helps you get that natural light. Um, But when we're surrounded by blue light, artificial light, it's being charged with a man-made signal. And what that does is that uh, disrupts your sleep and wake cycle. Um, It creates an imbalance of your melatonin levels. And what actually does, it keeps you up longer. Uh, Mm -hmm. The term night owl is only, I think, this generation because of all these devices. Uh, Because before, you you read a book, watch the radio, talk to your family, and then you go to sleep. Nowadays, like even me and myself, I'll stay up to two, three, four in the morning because of my activity uh, of being on a computer for work because I want to work all day. Yeah, so I've I've made sure to turn off the blue lighting on all of my devices. I make sure all of my light bulbs are incandescent, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. none of none of that stuff because yeah, it's so it's so bad for you. Um so okay, so let's get into the uh what do you find is one of the most inhibiting subconscious programs that many people are don't even realize they're fighting against when they're trying to create what they truly desire in this moment, this now moment? Expectations. And the reason why I say expectations is because the human mind works by recalling memories from something that we've experienced. And if I'm trying to manifest something new, am I manifesting it from a place that I've already been? Or am I trying to manifest it from a place that I wish to be, but I have not experienced yet? And a lot of times what we do is, I want this type of life. Well, this type of life is based off of the life I've already had. And if I don't like the life I've already had, I'm automatically in a resonance of lack. So um, when we're wanting something and we're resonating to it, you, you know, you hold the feeling because that pulls in the emotion that pulls in 
the imagery that we're getting from from the divine but then once you have that feeling of what you wish to be let it go completely because once you start putting expectations on there then you're telling the universe like actually how you're going to give it to me is not good enough let me use my human mind to kind of fine tune it when in when in actuality if you kind of put that intention out there magnetize it with that emotion the universe will surprise you in ways that you couldn't even imagine possible because there is no limitations. Yeah. Now, see, this is really important because this is actually a huge part of the manifestation um, protocol is, you know, you, you put all this effort into uh, feeling and believing that what you truly desire right now is in front of you. But when you and that you're actually living it already out, that it's already here in the now. Mm -hmm. But once you come out of that manifestation kind of process, whether it's through meditation or, or whatever it is, um, yeah, the surrender, the letting go, releasing it is imperative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, uh, <laughs> I would, when I first started kind of messing with it, and it's a different form of being actually, because you're co-creating at this point. Um, when you, I would, I would slip into, it's like a state of fear. Like I'd try to, align myself with the future possibility, but then I'd be reminded of something in the past and I would actually alter my manifestation, but I'd get synchronicities up to the point to where they're like, this is what you did. This is how your focus uh, manipulated or changed it based on, you know, those old memories. And so a really, really big tool that I actually learned uh, to help me get out of those is objective meditation. So say for example, like, you, the last time someone moved, right? And maybe it was a upsetting example because I just moved myself. And the truth was last time I moved cross country was terrible. I almost died. It was a blizzard. It was, you know, the worst experience ever. And the snow this time was worse, but not one accident. And as I'm traveling the same path that I did five years ago, the fear or the uh, reminding of the examples of things that did happen then while I'm at that place now, we're trying to creep their way in to try to reactivate that scenario and you have to take a second back you know to breathe and be like this is completely new and when we're in a state of being new unexpected things can happen to where those little subtle thoughts or memories can't necessarily affect you um that's great because you're right that's how the past projects projects itself into the current mm -hmm. new kind of manifestation to kind of yank it back into i guess a less favorable timeline yes uh and that's great so okay so you you use objective meditation yeah so in a sense what it is is we all know that we have the body right but instead of thinking about the body in your story just become the experience through the body so if something if we go through an, uh, an experience the most understanding one can get is by looking at that experience, not necessarily separate from yourself, but a higher awareness to see what happened around you and what did you learn from that experience? Because when we become not necessarily detached, but again, the word surrendered to what the uh, situation actually happened, like what actually happened to us and we surrender to that, we're able to look at it a little different because our perspective during that time we're locked in like this is the only thing like that person is so bad oh my gosh I can't imagine what they did but then if you like take yourself away from the situation to kind of look at their eyes the more angles you can perceive of what we go through the more understanding of how things kind of work 
And um, you, in a way, the, the energy marker that, that left itself or left its mark um, kind of dissipates a little bit. You're no longer as tied to that event. Uh, it doesn't trigger you as much. And, and the more times you go back to these moments that, that you know, bring out unconscious fears or unconscious doubt or unconscious unworthiness, the more you go back into those moments and do this process of, of observing it, feeling it, understanding what those emotions are telling you, the more it doesn't necessarily uh, manifest itself in the present anymore. So that way you can go through a similar situation and it no longer triggers you and you have a deeper understanding the next time it does, because the next time, if we keep manifesting same situations, the universe is trying to teach us. So if you keep manifesting a job with a boss you hate, the universe is trying to teach you an aspect of yourself within that other person, but you haven't learned it yet. And it will keep doing it in higher tiers because everything goes into cycles. You're here to experience a lesson to fully integrate it and to upload it or the truth or the experience to the collective. Uh Oh, volume's gone. Okay. So what I think is you, you said in, uh, in all of that was really great. Going back to the idea of being able to look at it from all different kinds of angles, that the more perspectives and angles that you can look at something, mm -hmm. the less emotionally triggering it can become is that I kind of just got the word compassion. You know, it's mm. so important to have compassion for all experiences uh, involved and that may not be just you included, but also like, I think it's important because that can neutralize the charge of this is happening to me, I was wronged, or everything always goes wrong, you know, all the different stories that we can tell ourselves that get reinforced through creating, which we don't even realize we're creating the, the situation <laughs> to reinforce it. Uh, it's like a, it's a really sick cycle. <laughs> yeah. a, good, a good law to understand for this one is called the law of rhythm, right? When, when life seems like it's going up, it has to come down for a little bit. But if you stay in that down moment and you feed into that density and then you bring back those old undesirable memories, well, then that downward loop keeps going down. But always within rhythm is a chance to swing that downward experience to a positive by changing that perspective, changing that angle of what you're looking at. And here's a, here's a very simple example. So I went to go rent a U-Haul for my truck. And uh, the day of moving, there was no U-Haul. There's no trailer. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And my mom's like, oh, the universe, you know, the matrix is doing all this kind of stuff. They're conspiring. And I was like, no, ma, obviously it was meant to have for a reason. Well, by letting go of the expectation and continuing to pack my stuff, I ended up moving it to my mom's house to store it. I ended up getting a truck. Yeah, I spent a little more money, but the stuff that I had wouldn't have fit in the trailer. So by getting a discounted trailer or a truck that, I originally didn't want, you know, the situation changed itself for the better. And I actually had uh, a better time traveling with a U-Haul than actually towing it. It was actually a lot more fun. And it's just little things like that, that you could just switch your perspective instead of losing the day. Like, oh my gosh, how am I going to travel? Don't have my trailer. You just, you just pause for a second. Everything happens for a reason. And, and they're waiting for your emotional output to see if you've learned. Mm. And how do you embrace the situation to uh, know mm -hmm. that it's 
like you said, it's it's actually working out for your highest good. Oh, and, 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 and that may not exactly present itself right away in certain situations. You won't know that until a little bit down the road. But uh, that's part of the journey is mm-hmm. the trusting part. And, yes. and I think that's what becomes really difficult is where do we where do we find that that fine line of understanding when it's when to fully surrender and trust in the divine plan that um, human self <laughs> has not that good of an idea of how that all was orchestrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you ever lost something? that you just had in your hand all the time. Like, okay. So you lose your keys and the more you focus on what you don't have, the more you won't find it. Mm-hmm. But the moment you surrender and let go of trying to find those keys, what happens to be in your hand? The like keys. Sometimes the keys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or sometimes you or something else that you lost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's the same kind of principle. It's, it's the more you focus on something that is undesirable, the more you will get that. Um, but it, it takes a higher awareness and it has to have those different perspectives in order to understand what it is that this moment is asking you to pause for. So when we find ourselves in stressful situations, it can be one of two things. One, I'm trying to control the situation too much, or it's not going to the way I expected it to, which both aren't necessarily bad, but both are definitely hindering. Mm. If I'm trying to control, that's not meant for me. If I'm expecting, that's limitation. So, yeah. so the, the, the middle point there is to have that attention. And if it, if it happens, it's meant for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but then to just let it be. And I think that's the one lesson that I learned in 2020 uh, with all these you know, crazy things going on in the world. Like if it's not meant for me, it won't happen. And I shouldn't worry about it. Sometimes bad things do happen, but there is definitely light at the end of the tunnel. If you just hold on. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I I know I've been experiencing a lot of that lately. Uh, There's been a lot of um, things that, you know, it's interesting, just even this last month, February was, I was just telling my audience um, on the weekend, uh, it was a very difficult month for me emotionally. There was a lot being triggered uh, to come to the surface. Uh, Old traumas were being um, reactivated. Uh, old pro- old fears were coming up to the surface, which essentially was all happening to finally heal it and let it go uh, through some mass divine orchestration of chaos. <laughs> and it was in- it's it's interesting now that I'm in a much better place uh, and have been able to take a little bit take a step back, like you said, take the pause. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be seeing here? And really look at the situation and find out, oh, wow, now I can start to see why that all happened and where it's getting me to. Yeah, it's really messy. Um, yeah, it's not maybe how I would have preferred it to go down, but maybe how I would have preferred it to go down wouldn't have brought me to the place I am right now with the higher understanding and awareness that I currently have. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's what happens when we're coming on to these accelerated timelines is having to go through stuff really quickly through a little bit of a chaotic mess, but also needing to pull in on the self mastery that we've all been working on to pause, step back, take a higher awareness and actually see the situation from, a again, a different perspective or many different perspectives to get a true understanding of what's really happening. Mm hmm. 
Yeah, and it was I forget was Mercury retrograde last month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for most of the month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I I am aware that we definitely did um, shift a little bit because uh, I actually went through a lot of briefly. I mean, within a couple weeks span, uh, a lot of old triggers, a lot of old programming. Um, and you're, you're actually right. Once we kind of hit that timeline jump, it's like, okay, check on learning. Did you get it? Push you out the door. <laughs> um, but it's nothing to be afraid of. Sometimes when things feel really, really bad, that just means you're about to make bounds and leaps in your progression, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Um, you know, what's that, you gotta, what's that thing that Trump says? You gotta, the storm is coming or whatever that's, whatever that saying is like the calm before the storm. Right. So as we go and enter the storm, it may seem chaotic. Um, and sometimes it feels like you can't get out of it. But through all the things that I've been through personally, um, sticking through it to find the real truth, there's so much gratification behind that. You, you feel so much more like, ah, this is why that happened. Mm. And then I feel all the more educated to help other people going through those same similar uh, situations. It's hard to have that awareness in the moment of it all. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, when, no, it doesn't happen. <laughs> when the shit storm's like coming down and it's just like there's no reprieve, it's really hard to re remember that when you have these darker moments or these really tough obstacles or challenges that you're trying to work through, where sometimes you just feel like you're not going to get through it, those are the golden moments of your lifetime. Um, when you look at the lifetime and all the different projection points of where big shifts in you um, are birthed. Mm. Those are birthing points. And uh, but it's again, because when we think about birth, just in general, you're going through a very dark canal, you don't know what's on the other end, you know, you're you've been in this beautiful, warm environment, mm -hmm. you know, everything that you've ever known, and you're about to be shoved out into a new reality. And you don't know what's coming, but you've got to go through this dark place first. And so these are like birthing points for n new how, how do I want to say this? New templates. New templates. New templates that are also connected to the eternal self of what we've always known ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw something on uh, Instagram, not to be hypocrite, but I, I do <laughs> like Instagram for the people that, um, you know, I guess TikTok's a big thing, but there's a lot of spiritual movement in the TikTok. Well, and this one woman said basically that the more shadow work we do, the more we activate our innate uh, amnesia. And I, I totally agree with that because the, the more I get out of my own darkness, the, not only as, as am I progressing, but then my people that I call my, you know, my tribe, they're going through the shift as well. It may be in different uh, aspects, different emotions, but it's almost as if like the more I do it, the more everyone else does it, the more it's, it's just like a downward effect. It brings up everyone at one time, even though psychically we're all doing our own different things. But um, there's definitely going to be a lot more, I would say, starseed activations. I got a pretty interesting download today um, about really embodying the fact that our consciousness does not come from this planet. And just that idea alone will help you access a little bit higher awareness of things. And I started thinking about it, like, what, what do you mean? Like my consciousness doesn't come from this planet. And I, I got the, the message um, basically that your star family, it's like a collective consciousness that can project themselves to you. And I always remember that, you know, we have our collective within the earth, 
but then each individual in their soul lineage has their own collective that you can tap into uh, for higher aware like knowledge or, or different experiences. And that's definitely something to play with. If anyone is anyone interested in like, you know, their star lineage or um, whatever extraterrestrial races that you resonate to really tune into those because you can get answers that don't make sense, but will provide some truth and some tools for some situations you're going through right now. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And thank you, Paul Winkler for the super chat. He's saying, keep sharing this truth. He's very grateful. Uh, it, it's really important information here that uh, Mason is bringing to the table. And I, I agree with you. Uh, tuning into your star lineage will provide you a lot of different perspectives and uh, insights that you wouldn't normally get here from the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. And it's interesting because I had my star sea technology class on Monday and um, I channeled in the Palladians and they wanted us to focus on the moth and the, the, the totem of the moth and how it's all about change and transformation, but it's also uses its ability to know where it is by guide being guided by the moonlight. And the moon also represents uh, the feminine energies, right? Which is our intuition. So the moon is very representative of our intuition. And we have a beautiful, like this week in general is just a really beautiful week. We've got the sun conjuncting um, Neptune uh, tomorrow. And then we've got this full moon, or no, sorry, this new moon in Pisces while Neptune and Venus conjunct together. And it's just bringing in a lot of love and intuition and dreams and mm. heightened intuition. This week is such a powerful week for heightened intuition. And they asked us to, instead of looking for our truth or facts online, to start connecting to the super conscious computer of the the entire universe and beyond all multiverses to start using that and learn how to connect to it to receive the information instead using your third eye. Mm. And I think that th this week in particular would be a great week for everyone to uh, try that out because the alignments, the planetary alignments are ripe for that right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing I haven't done in a while, um, which actually helped increase my own intuition, uh, sun gazing. Mm. Sun gazing, moon gazing. There, there's something just very interesting about watching the sun rise. Uh, you could look straight at it and you have this like surreal, like I'm connecting with a celestial body. You know, it's, 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 it's much larger than myself and it, and it really uh, revitalizes you. Um, and it's interesting that you say Neptune because Neptune is directly, astrologically speaking, I think, associated with psychic, especially like the psychic realm. Um, and I could definitely feel that because I've been getting <laughs> some really crazy hits here in Chicago. It's definitely integrating this energy. Um, I was, I was telling, uh, Trisha here that the people here, when you're communicating with them, uh, there's multiple layers between their emotional self and their mental self. And so as I'm trying to, you know, engage with them, they're emotionally disconnected. They're like robotic. And back home where I come from, we're surrounded by trees. There's a bunch of water. They're more open. And, uh, you know, being more into this type of topic uh, spiritually than I was when I was in D.C. D.C., I had no idea any of this existed. But it's very interesting to see the people that have less nature uh, versus people that have more nature. And it's almost as if um, 
you know, the concrete jungles and all that kind of suck all of that universal energy that you have away from you. Um, and there aren't really any like heart to heart conversations with strangers. I know that sounds weird, but I love talking to a person that I can actually connect with, whether it be a few minutes. Because uh, there's always some sort of truth from that person. But now when we're in a city, people are freaking out about COVID. They have masks. I'm not getting any universal information from a fellow person. And I'm missing out on a human experience. And it's it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. It's um the, the concrete jungle, so to speak, the bigger cities damage the frequency output um, that can be created. Uh, via us, right? Like, mm -hmm. our, we're so capable of creating energy just through ourselves. Um, that's one of the reasons why we've been enslaved is because mm -hmm. we're so good at it. Um, we're just not realizing how we're being manipulated to create now instead of um, creating for our own purpose and um, higher plan. So uh, and I agree, we're, we are missing out on a human experience uh, right now. But perhaps also to kind of look at it from a different perspective too, while that's, while that's going on, because it is, we're also being given the opportunity to tune into our own human experience mm -hmm. and um, how we relate to the universe and all energies when we don't have that. Mm -hmm. That, yes. And uh, eye contact, because that's all we are experiencing with people. That's quite interesting when you look into the eyes and then you become a blank slate to kind of feel what they're talking about. That's a good tool to practice with is, yeah. is to maintain that, um, that they call it agape. It's uh, like an absolute unconditional connection between two people. And if you can like continue to do that, it's a very, I like doing experiments. So like if you were to put a title on me, I'm like a modern day wizard. I like to do experiments with consciousness. Okay. And one thing I've noticed is that uh, the eyes, they can be interesting, especially when you look at someone's eyes who doesn't feel like there's anything behind there. <laughs> it's, it's quite the, the trip. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that I'm going to, okay. First of all, I just wanted to say, as you're calling yourself the modern day wizard, I'm like, I'm going to call you Merlin now. Merlin. Fury. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. It's very true. Um, there is more. Um, what's the what's the word? Um, we are being forced now to make eye contact, which interestingly enough, before we and I'm, I'm not a fan of the mass. Believe me, I'm not saying I am. But I remember times where everyone's just looking down all the time. Right. And now, like, it's you know, you're forced to kind of there's you don't know what else is you can't hear someone, you can't read mm. the mouth, you have to look into the eyes. So that is definitely creating some sort of connection. And I think, you know, when I think about all of the things that are happening right now, all of this is serving some sort of higher purpose for those of us who are willing to receive it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I am. Um... Despite the world, I've had a great last year. It's probably one of the best years of my life. Um, given the time that I got to take off of work because they closed it down and I was fortunate enough to get an unemployment, I had literally had the ability to sit with myself. Nothing was open. Everything was closed. So I really gained a deeper understanding of, of what I wanted to accomplish. What am I actually feeling day to day? And the biggest one that I, you know, I still work on, I think everyone kind of does is what energies, what emotions are mine, what aren't. Mm -hmm. And the best time 
that I think collectively was during COVID because you were alone. Uh, sometimes I know the statistics say there are bad things that happen, but you know, just looking at my friends and family, a lot of them got those cupboards fixed that were broken. A lot of them did those home improvements. Uh, a lot of them did really good things for themselves with the opportunity. And in a way, if you look at it in a different perspective, COVID was given us kind of a break, but now it's time to kind of integrate that uh, and then keep the ball moving. And uh, I, I definitely saw an increase on Google searches for spiritual topics. Oh, really? Uh, world. Yeah. So uh, Trish and I were looking up, at, I think it's called Google Analytics, and you can look up keywords that people are searching. And during certain time periods of, of coronavirus, there's peaks of people's interest in these types of topics. Oh. Uh, so we just have to keep doing what we're doing, spread that truth, and eventually people will find this material. Yeah, because sometimes when, uh, well, like let's face it, people don't just awaken eating ice cream, <laughs> you know, like they're going to awaken usually through some sort of traumatic event or situation that ha happens or some sort of loss. Uh, that's usually what stimulates an awakening mm -hmm. because yeah, it takes some sort of trauma point to set that in because otherwise status quo, just going to keep going as I'm going because why mm -hmm. rock the boat? And um, that's not what the soul wishes for many. So yeah, the, the boat gets rocked. Um, so for, let's go back to this idea of creating the reality that you wish for. What are some of the tools that you've been using? And then also what are the, some of the, the old programs you've disengaged from that have really made a difference in how your reality has changed for the better? Um, well, if you knew me in the past, um, I, had, I had a pretty rough childhood. Um, and as a result, I developed a character that had to be like physically fit to protect myself, which is an ego construct of uh, survival. Um, and it came to the point where in my life, my traumatic experiences kind of just were piling on a shelf till the day kind of fell apart. And what I learned was by losing everything, going, going homeless, by losing everything, my one main core issue was I really cared about what other people thought about me, myself. And I was kind of forced in this moment to realize that most of these people are strangers. Most of those opinions don't really matter. And the only one that does is how I view myself, because depending on how I feel about myself, the moment I awaken literally dictates my day, which then can dictate my future. How, how, where am I going? And so from there, I kind of just, started really looking into those, well, what are the beliefs about myself? And I don't think a lot of people actually ask those questions. They believe about external things. What is God? What is money? What is, you know, all these different things. What, what, is, what is it about me that I love to do? That is one question I've never asked myself up until this moment. I had no idea. What brings me joy? Honestly, three years ago, I could not tell you. I had no idea. And so by asking those questions, the, you know, who, what, where, when, why, well, I started trying different things. And by trying different things, I got to have a little wider, I guess, gauge of, well, does this bring me joy? Does this cause me stress? What does it do? And by the end of it, I kind of figured out a good, um, I guess you could say, like a habit of 
trying to find and create these emotions within myself by doing these things for myself, not for other people. And that was one of the, the biggest character building moments for myself. And um, then I started kind of dabbling into, uh, well, what is a subconscious program? And then I learned about it comes from childhood. And a lot of uh, who we are from the moment of birth till the time of seven, depending on what that lifestyle was like, is literally who you are as an adult. Um, that's why when some people that you see on the street get super angry, that is just that child that has become an adult. Um, and then it really made me, you know, go inside myself to go like, well, wow, what, what happened when I was that young? And I really hadn't thought about those time periods in a long time. And so then I would, I learned about something called regressive healing, um, but I wasn't necessarily comfortable with other people putting me that my, myself down or in a meditative state. So I would do it myself. And you know, I did a bunch of research on, on what all this stuff was, but uh, you, I just kept going back in time to those moments where these belief systems were created and I released them. And as I came back into the present moment, it was just that much like clearer uh, as if like the smoke from that emotion kind of left the room. And the more I went back there, the more I, you know, it's like a dirty dish that just won't, it's just kind of stubborn. You got to keep washing it. Uh, the more you go back there, the more it's easier to go back there because the first time might be a little scary, you know, depending on what it is. First time might be a little scary, but then you keep going back there. You keep facing it. Keep uh, one of the big tips that I, that I can say is bring who you are now in meditation back to the child self and just sit with them. And I know that kind of sounds a little bit different, but if you can sit with your child self as the person you are now, you can show them that what they're going through, we made it. Yeah. And that's kind of the tools that I put together to, uh, you know, now. you know, you just, okay, you brought in a visual and an analogy that is so important and it's so good. It's so good. It's so simple. It's so good when it comes to healing old wounds and pains and traumas and dramas all from like way back in your childhood, because it's true. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I look around and I see grown adults reacting from that five-year-old, six-year-old, three-year-old place, you know? And it's like, wow, there are so many unhealed traumas that are still act acting themselves out to this very day. And that idea of like a dirty dish, I think for me, the, the, the dish that comes into my mind is, you know, like a roasting pan where you've roasted oh, yeah. potatoes and all that. And it's just like got, and you roasted it maybe a little too long. And it's just like, it's got over time, it's got all that black gunk on it. Mm -hmm. And it just takes forever. You need one of those scrubby things to like really like take it down. And I feel that that's basically how our healing process is when it comes to these really old wounds is that we think like, well, I already healed that. Why is it still coming up? And it's like, well, no, you healed some of it, but mm -hmm. there's still a lot more you got to scrape off and like get yep. into. And sometimes you just got to let the dish soak for a little bit longer and then you can go back to it and you can heal yep. some more. So I think that's a really, really great analogy because that helps me understand. And I wonder if you guys in the audience, if that helps you understand uh, when it comes to your healing, to not get frustrated when you think, I thought I already did this. <laughs> oh yeah, I had to revisit uh, the same moments quite a few times because because when you go back there, you're still emotionally attached to it. It's still, you still bring that energy from that moment here to where it becomes real again. That's, that's how we time travel in our minds. We bring those moments back to the present and then we manifest from that present feeling 
what our next day is going to look like, what our, what our next week is going to look like. And so by giving it that space, you're allowing yourself to cut that cord to that experience to where when you feel like you've gathered uh, more data or more understanding of what happened, you can go back there and penetrate even farther to get to the core of what the issue is. And then, of course, uh, always try to cut those cords with those people in the situation and, um, you know, wish them well. And it's, it's just, it's a game of just exchange. You know, how, how far can I go into my own experience, but know that my experience made me who I am today? And the, the beauty of it is, is once you, once you truly kind of work through these things, you're, you're given unparalleled amount of, of empathy towards other people. And yes. you can go through situations where it's actually kind of bad, but you're at such peace and ease with yourself. It doesn't even bother you. Mm-hmm. It, it's the stress level completely goes out the door because you're not activating old stress. If I cleared all my stress, fear, anguish, anxiety from the past, there is none now because I'm completely whole and solid. Mm-hmm. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I would say it's one of the most beautiful feelings ever. I completely agree with you. And I think too, it's important to understand that these trauma points are giving us an opportunity to not just heal and like to learn a lesson, to evolve, to understand the human experience through from that trauma point, but also to use that trauma point later in life to heal it and how it's it's connected to other past experiences in your mm-hmm. past lives that you're able to then heal um, multidimensionally, yes. uh, being able to go back and heal other past lives. So it's important to remember that whatever traumas you guys are experiencing um, in this lifetime, they are projection points, opportunities that are allowing you to at the same time, simultaneously heal and close out old cycles that have been playing themselves out for multiple lifetimes. And so in many ways, which can be very difficult when you're going through the pain, but to when you when you're allowed to take a breather and get some higher perspective to know, wow, I'm now getting an opportunity to heal all that stuff from the past in this in this now moment, in this now moment and claim all those pieces back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those those soul fragments. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's that is the true power of healing is, is by kind of understanding, well, what am I creating in my life as a story? What are the themes in my life? What have I magnetized to my experience? And from there, you can kind of get a starting point of, of emotionally. Well, why did I choose this situation or why did I choose this outlook? Usually it's the outlook. It's what we perceive it to be, which is usually not truth. It's false conclusions a lot of time. Um, but that objective way of looking at these things and finding that general energy marker. Absolutely. If things are reoccurring in your life, that's because they most likely are coming from a different time period. Mm -hmm. But like you said, because time is not necessarily linear, it's interdimensionally. I could be sitting here talking to you now, but in simultaneous life, I'm probably talking about a very similar thing at a current vibration in a different time period. So it's kind of interesting to tap into those as well. Because uh, you can get different perspectives by kind of looking into, uh, I guess you could say a hypothetical timeline. Well, mm-hmm. what if I was in this situation in the 1800s? Does it matter? No, but you'd find a way to get through it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Spirsch is in the audience. He says, Nicole, where did you find Mason? What an amazing soul. 
And then Holly said, Mason really knows what's going on. So wise. Um, you know what, guys? I was so lucky to go on that Sedona trip with everyone. And I have to say, Mason, they're absolutely right. You're an amazing um, person and soul to talk to. I really enjoyed um, being able to connect with you because you. you are so open and your allow your awareness is so expansive that it allows for um, some really interesting conversations to be mm -hmm. had, which is what we're doing here right now. And I'm, I'm so glad that all of you guys in the audience are joining in and uh, listening. And um, how fearless, as is Frolly Squatch. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah, so in this, in this current reality, how has the healing experience been for you? Could you share... Um, a specific moment or instance with the audience where you knew you were healing multidimensionally, like you had the awareness of what was taking place. Have you experienced that or are you only aware of what has happened in this lifetime? Um, so that's a difficult question because I, I don't think my lifetimes that I am perceiving are on this planet mm -hmm. uh, and not even in this kind of dimension. Um, I, I come personally from what I've experienced, I come from, uh, uh, I would say something called the geometric light realm. And what that is, is kind of a collection of sounds and frequency harmonics that can shape events. Um, and it's also kind of modeled of how our brain waves are produced and can magnetize uh, situations through our awareness and through our emotional output. So a lot of my experiences have been at a, at a higher density from, from what I can understand. Cause I'm able to kind of take these information pieces and then integrate them. But the only reason why I'm able to integrate them is because I've been through those traumatic experiences to get that top down effect. So what my goal here is to get through my own lessons, experiences and traumas through the guidance of my team so that way they can gain an awareness because from what I was told is they don't have an experience of the lower dimensional chakras. They don't have an understanding or awareness of it. They don't understand how you can operate from here below. And so my experience was here below because I was trying to bridge the upper awareness. And one of the biggest things that I knew through my family's lineage on my, my father's side was anger. And what I mean by, it's not necessarily interdimensionally, but it is. Because the more healing that I've done myself, I actually was contributing to my father's healing. I was contributing to my grandfather's healing and to my own mother's healing. So not quite interdimensional, but definitely genetically, I was healing those timelines. And um, if I were to look at the people within my genetic in that past history, uh, you know, I'm related to like King Henry VIII. I'm related to Constantine. I'm related to a lot of big figures that kind of shook humanity for a while. And the theme was anger. And so as I'm going through my experience and have experienced a lot of anger myself, that true understanding at the end of the road, the anger is that I'm okay to be who I am. That's the truth of it. It's okay to be who I am. It's okay that these situations as a child that I got bullied. It's, it's okay because the perspective that I have now is I no longer want any of those children to have that. 
which comes from my father's line and his father's line. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is a huge thing because anger is the inability to understand love. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I've experienced um, because I confused love with lust, which lust is an angry form of, of you know, intimacy, but it's not, it can be, but it's not. Um, and so integrating those experiences and understanding truly like where is this anger coming from and understanding that a lot of this anger was stored karmically from my family's lineage that I came here because I was given the tool set to break those uh, uh, genetic tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and anger is one of the biggest ones on this planet. It's the solar plexus is stored at the will center. Um, it's a parasitic energy form that is anger. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that has transformed my life uh, completely. I used to resonate with uh, the figure, the Hulk, you know, the <laughs> green guy. Uh, and it, there's, a re- there's a lot of spiritual truth to those Marvel movies if you really look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the power of the solar center is your entire being. Like in yeah. physical fitness, your core is everything. And that's where you can either show compassion or you can show anger, yeah. essentially. It's interesting. Okay, you've brought a couple, couple of things that I'd love to touch on. Uh, now, the genetic expression that you were be able to heal the anger um, locked in the DNA, mm-hmm. uh, heal it so that that wouldn't be um, expressed. It's almost like you're turning off the gene codes for the anger um, and unlocking the ones that have been suppressed because of it. Mm-hmm. And how do you see, how do you, <clears throat> excuse me, how do you perceive the DNA healing and, and, and ex- gene expression through all of this? So gene expression is uh, quantum binary coding. So what that means is binary coding in a computer is linearly. There's a bunch of zeros and ones uh, that make a code to execute an on and off command in a computer. Quantum binary is the same line of code, but in a cube formation. So you have multiple possibilities to have different outcomes at one decision or one choice. So if you're within your DNA expression, because it is, you know, your family heritage, all those stored memories are in that quantum cube that can be activated at any time within an event that you're triggering or triggered by. And so what I started learning about the DNA is the DNA is absolutely programmable, but Unlike a computer where you can just open a command and go directly to that code, the code is expressed through emotion. So if I'm presented with a situation, the emotion that comes with that situation is the key to find that script to that code to change your DNA. And the way you do it is you have to sit with that emotion, taking a second to really feel like, well, what is this? Because a lot of times anxiety can turn into fear. It just depends on what you're resonating with within that quantum field. Um, love can turn into fantasy, right? It's just, they're, they're, it's duality. So you have different poles of expression. So finding that center to really kind of feel, well, what am I experiencing? Okay, I'm angry. It's okay to be angry, but where within that quantum field are you truly wishing to express it? And if you're being angered, but you have no real reason why, that is when you can consciously make the decision to turn that off. And then by being aware that, okay, I'm angry. I don't know why you will visit that place later 
to find that truer understanding to wash that dish off again. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. I'm totally going to have to listen back to that later tonight because I loved your whole explanation there. I haven't heard anyone explain it that way before. And I loved that. There was a lot of things that click there for me. Just that idea of the emotion. Did you say the emotion is kind of like the script or the code? What What did you say the, there? The, so, so like you know when you press Control F on a yeah. computer to find whatever you're looking for, the emotion is that Control F. Gotcha. The emotion holds. So we recall in our memory an emotion. If I'm walking and all of a sudden an emotion comes in, mm -hmm. that is the quantum field activating your genetic expression to find that code. So if I'm walking and I feel anxiety. I am being given an opportunity to find where at in my being does that come from? And the emotion is always tied to a past experience. And then when you heal that past experience, you're rewriting your DNA physically. And so essentially what that is, is like a computer programmer. If I have a program and I write a script with a computer, I have to turn the computer off and turn it back on. As a human, we recess into a past memory and then come back to the present moment and it's already booted. That's the beautiful thing about the human mind is I can reprogram on the fly. I don't need to go to sleep. I don't need to turn off. I don't, there's nothing like that. That's why it's called quantum because mm. you can program multiple facets of yourself at one time. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay. So <laughs> that that's, this is awesome. And I know the audience is just loving what you're putting down right now. Um, so this also makes sense into why it's so important to tune out from external uh, hijacking of emotions like the news and like media, like your Instagram, all, all of those, whatever they are, uh, so that it's not constantly triggering constant expression of a G of a part of your DNA that mm -hmm. is um, unhealed. Um, I don't know if I want to say it that way. I, I would say when those when those experiences come up it's asking to be rewritten okay and but the, yes the problem is is that these particular instances like social media or the news they're constantly switching you to the next one to the next one they don't give you the opportunity to go within and actually search mm -hmm. yeah. yes okay gotcha okay wow so what did you also experience then? You talked about how you were able to heal down the lineage of your dad and your grandfather and your mother and all of that, the anger. Are any of them alive right now that you are able to witness the shifts? Yes. Okay. So yeah. what did you experience? Uh, one of the coolest things is, so uh, within the mind, we have the conscious and the subconscious. The masculine is the conscious mind. The subconscious is the feminine mind, the, the mm -hmm. intuition, the deep thoughts, the memory. Um, the conscious mind is the active, the, 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 the positive versus the negative attraction, right? So what I actually notice is the more I recessed within the subconscious and conscious parts of myself, the more telepathically I can connect to my parents because I'm, I'm exploring the network, the neural network that is both my mother and father that was given to me as one being. And so as I'm healing templates from my mother's side, and my father's side, I can connect to them different in, in a different telepathic manner, and they're aware of it. And that is probably the coolest thing I can ever experience. Um, and I, I can do it with my sisters uh, and, and then also my brother. So it's, it's, it's interesting that you really think about it, your genetic copies of your parents through a certain expression of how they were the moment you were conceived. 
Yes. All their, their, their karmic values by having children, you produce karma. You actually, you, it's kind of like passing the baton. It's like, okay, you guys try it because we didn't do it. That's what evolution is. And that's what the lower three centers are. I'm not saying children are bad, but children are the option to have your uh, future ancestors or past, however you want to say that your, your, what is that word? Predecessors. Hmm. Um, rewrite your genetic templates because it's hmm. quantum because whatever they do in the present moment will affect you in your timeline because you're connected to them. So yeah, this is true. So as I was, you know, doing my own healing, um, it unlocked certain awarenesses without even me talking to my mother about her own healing. And she'd come to me like, look what I found. I was like, interesting. I did that like about a couple months ago, or I talked to my dad and he's bringing up, you know, not necessarily conspiracy, but he's more aware of the political realm and how they're psychologically attacking the country. So it's just kind of different approaches to things. And uh, with me, you know, being very analytical, kind of taking in all that data, I was, I was quite surprised to see that a lot of the things that I was pursuing, they were being attracted to themselves because the opportunity is now present within their field because I had found it. Mm -hmm. And then it can affect the people around you as well because it's a collective. It's, it's quite an interesting uh, connection, how we're connected not only physically, but then also within the quantum realm to not only people around us, but especially our family. Cause you're literally the genetic expression of them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Like I've also experienced similar, similar things with some people in my family where uh, our relationship has healed for no specific reason that we've addressed, mm -hmm. but more so just, I've noticed it just shift. Yeah, and, it's internal. Yeah, it's internal. And certain, um, it's easier to be more vulnerable. It's easier to get more vulnerability back. Mm -hmm. uh, like there's a more heart-centered expression through certain relationships, which is really beautiful to witness and see. Uh, so I, I, I love it. And I think that too, I think this is one of the reasons we all have to keep in mind too when it comes to not just creating our reality, but understanding the healing impacts that happen when we take a moment to pause from all of the triggers uh, that we're experiencing, whatever they may be, you know, whatever emotion it might be. Like you said, if you're scrolling through Instagram, it's meant so that you're constantly going on to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, to the next one. And you're never giving that moment to pause and go in and say, where is that coming from? Mm -hmm. What what do I need to know about that? And where 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 do I need to go in and heal? And so it's just constantly putting us in constant triggered states so that none of us have a grounding or understanding of who we actually are. Yes. Not only does it do that, but when we're going through Instagram, it's, it's a, it's a, an image based compartmentalization tool. What that means is if I look at a bird, but then I look at a dress, but then I look at a beach, that's, that's activating different portions within your mind, but separating them. So when it comes to the time where I need to be all in myself, introspective, my thoughts are compartmentalized by what I'm ingesting visually. So it's harder to connect those dots because your, your thoughts are so sporadically changed with the, with the content that you're viewing over those, those periods of seconds. And the mind is not supposed to work like that. The mind is supposed to be an open plate that all that exists. But when we start you know, looking at all these different things, compartmentalization is, is a huge part of our, our neural networks. Uh, when people have PTSD, what happens is they compartmentalize that uh, 
traumatic experience and they separate it from the rest of their existence, which creates a disruption between your memory links. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it causes all sorts of issues. So when we compartmentalize, meaning putting our thoughts into boxes that are separate from each other, we don't see how they connect. And that's what we want. The goal is to see how these things connect. Because once you see how these connect, you will see the, the vibratory state that you are in your consciousness that manifested those. And the more you kind of clean those up, you can then raise that vibration a little bit higher to where you're manifesting better and better experiences. Um, and that's one thing that I learned as well is that the compartmentalization of the neural networks in the brain is your brain effectively communicating with all parts of itself mm. or do you have certain things locked away? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be uh, that that's a major part of it all in an understanding how to access what you need to access because the way we're being programmed is to shut certain things down. So we never access them mm-hmm. and we never draw the connection points. Yeah. Um, you know, people are asking, like, where can we follow Mason? Where, where do we follow Mason? So tell me, what have you got going on? Because you don't really have a channel yet. No. But? In the works. Um, uh, we just got settled here. We have this nice little setup. And uh, I will just say stay tuned. But it most likely will be on uh, 90 degree turns. Okay. So for all of you guys, if you aren't following Trisha over at 90 Degree Turns, you should go over there on YouTube. Um, but you can also follow uh, Mason on Instagram. <laughs> We've yeah, been just- I never, I'm never really on it. I mean, yeah. I don't really post. I post, I'm on balancing 11. All right, what is it? I don't even, I don't even know my <laughs> Balancing duality. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I, I want to start posting um, more content on, on what we're talking about. Because balancing duality, this whole duality thing uh, and the Metatron's cube, sacred geometry, that's kind of like my niche. Well, yeah, uh, if you come from the geometric light, light yeah. realm, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds, sounds can actually unlock certain memories, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Mm-hmm. Sounds can resonate frequencies to unlock certain things. Um, and so we're going to be talking about uh, kind of tips and tools of that objective way of thinking of how, how can we become whole? How can we heal our anxiety? How, cause I used to have major anxiety. I met uh, an angel healer a couple of years ago and she said, I can feel your anxiety through the other room. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I'm pretty anxious, but I didn't know you could feel that. Um, but it's not having that, not, not having to, you know, exist in that emotional state anymore it's absolutely amazing and it's not as difficult as people think it is it's just it hasn't been talked about enough for people to get the different perspectives of how to integrate it themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well this has been a fun show i'm so glad that you were able to come back on uh yeah, i knew i mean it just we had we had one topic we're like let's just jump off from there because i just knew that you're going to go into a whole bunch of great places just if we just let the conversation flow. And it's one eleven, one 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 Ooh. hour and 11 minutes into uh, the show right now. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so would you like to leave the audience on a message or a note or something that you'd like to just kind of leave in their minds before we uh, sign off? Hmm. Yes. Um. So there's been a, a quite a quite a large message for me for the last couple of weeks, um, and that is about being worthy. 
Um, and, and times like today, a lot of us don't feel that we're worthy because the things that we see externally, um, that was one of the big things for me as well that actually manifested into anger was I wasn't worthy of my parents' love, of my friends' and family's love. Um, but I'll, I'll let you know that this universe is very, very giving and compassionate. It, it gives us the ability to co-create our experiences when we understand and integrate that we have that power because we are worthy. We, we, we are miniature pieces within this clock that is the grand cosmos. And once we find our place in that piece through our own emotional intelligence, the experience in this reality becomes so much more fun. It's, it's as if you are creating a game, you have a goal, and it's like a surprise gift to you every time you manifest it. But the fun part is realizing your manifestations going, oh, I remember that. And it's so much better than I thought it could be. So that, oh. is, that is my message that we are all worthy. Well said. Well said. And I think that's a great way to end the show. Uh, it's so important to understand that because that is where you unlock all of your abundance codes. And you're right. The universe is a very compassionate universe when you are able to be in the divine flow of it all, mm. uh, which is really just remembering your true connection to it all. So thank you. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. And thanks, uh, Mason, for coming on the show again. And thanks to Trisha in the background. We love you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we got we we got to get together. Either I'm coming up there, or you guys got to come down here. Uh, I want to hang out with you guys again because I just love <laughs> love the energy, love the conversation. It's just so much fun. So um, thank you guys uh, for being here. Next week I will have Marina Jacoby on. Uh, so stay tuned for that next Tuesday night. It'll be a great show, guys. I love you so much. Stay in that abundant worth that you know you are, and uh, I'll be back with you guys next week. Thanks for listening and being such a supportive audience. All video episodes can now be found on my personal YouTube channel, Nicole Frolic. If you would like to further support the show, you can visit my merchandise shop or send any donations to the PayPal link in the description below. Remember, a mind is like a parachute. Unless it's open, it's useless. So keep joining me each week as I continue to expand the mind and explore life beyond this reality.